Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everyone, welcome to the latest edition of the uh, Royal Blue Podcast and we're actually all together today for, for this one. It's like pre-pandemic times, um, if only it was the same on the pitch for Everton. Um, I'm your host um, Chris Beasley, joined by uh, the Everton uh, correspondent Joe Thomas, Conor O'Neill and our regular guest uh, Gavin Buckland. We'll uh, analyse all that went on at the, the Emirates on Wednesday night while looking forward to uh, another huge game, aren't they all? Um the city ground on Nottingham as uh, Everton face uh, Forest at the weekend. Uh, Joe, I'll start with you. You were obviously at the Emirates for us, as you said. Uh, um, decent start, but in the end, it, it was a very poor finish. In the end, it was the same. So so many away games that we, we've had over the last two seasons, but the vast majority of them all but, all but two, really, isn't it? We've had yeah. Two wins, Leicester and Southampton. Those magical moments on the road have been too rare. And once again, we've got the away end. Yeah, brilliant away end that packs out. Sold out again for Chelsea already, despite you know, some of the dire performances they've witnessed so far this season. <coughs> yeah, they just keep turning up. I just can't believe it. But yeah, I think, I mean, it was essentially a game of two halves on, on, on Wednesday night. And I'm still, if I'm honest, I'm still trying to work out what I think about Wednesday's game, really, because... Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you know, Arsenal are top of the league. I know Everton only beat them very recently, but they're top of the league. They're in their own their own backyard. You know, we know where Everton are at this this season. It was always going to be a very difficult game. I mean, I don't think anybody expected them to turn up and and win. We hoped it would be possible, but and we knew it would be. Of course, anything's possible, but no one expected that. That first forty minutes was very good. They were so well organised, so well drilled. You know, I mean, I was, I was looking at the stats as it were unfolding. You know, 39 minutes in, they haven't had two shots on target. Arsenal had none. You know, obviously they played nice football in 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 Everton's half. But Everton seemed quite happy to let to draw them onto him on the edge of the box. And the reality after that was Onana, Decore, Gay would disrupt things, and then in the loose balls that, that, that spilt out from that, Tarkovsky and Keane were just too strong for the Arsenal players to mop them up. And then Everton did actually pose a bit of a threat on the break. Then we know with this Everton side that it can't can't manage going to go down, and, and that's what happened. And you bit of quality from Zinchenko, lovely ball, you know, bit of, you know, a fantastic finish from from Saka. Um, you know that sides of the quality that Arsenal have got are capable of doing things. Like that. There's only so much you can do about it, but after that, everything just goes to pot because Everton can't come from a goal behind. They can't chase a game. I mean, the reality was. We didn't even get an opportunity to see if Everton, if anything had changed under Dyche in the longer term, and, and they might be able to chase the game away from home because Idrissa Gay goes and I mean, Dyche can explain it at the end. Uh, I still can't explain it. I thought maybe for a whistle had gone or something like that, the way he stops, but it, I, I, I don't think, bearing in mind he's the one that makes a tackle, I think, on Odegaard to get the ball in the first place, and, and, and that's not a tackle. I think Odegaard slips or you know, I, I just don't, I just can't comprehend what he's doing. And, and unfortunately, he gets half time, the game's gone. Second half, second half, you could say, well, game's gone. 
don't analyse it too much, but I, the second half worried me because it was a re- repetition of so many of the themes that we've seen throughout the last 18 months of, you know, you, you just thought maybe Dice should have said, okay, you're probably not going to win, but put them out there, you know, just hold on to respectability, don't let it turn into a cricket score. Everyone got played off the park. You know, they were they were demolished in that second half. It was four. It could have been six. You know, and and that that concerns me. I know Dice has only had a very small amount of time to imprint his mentality on this team. I've seen few back in that must have been a hard watch for him to watch just how fragile the confidence this team is and how it is capable of imploding, as we have seen against Brighton, as we have seen against Bournemouth, as we have seen in other games as well. So. You know, I mean, we're a couple of days onwards. So I'm still trying to work out whether or not to take the positives from the first 40 minutes or the negatives from the the, the 50 that followed it. But I think, um, you know, I'm interested to see what you what you guys think. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I you know, do you, Connor, do you take heart from seeing whatever they're capable of, or do you actually just fear because even at their best, they still couldn't get a goal, and then everything went absolutely to pot after that. Definitely the latter. Yeah. And I think my <clears throat> the big worry I've got is we hope that Sean Dash could possibly change the mentality yeah. of this group of players and, and, and this squad and this, you know, trying to instill a bit more maybe self-belief that, you know, if you do well go behind, it's not the end of the world. You know, you can pick yourself up, brush yourself off, come from behind. And if anything on Wednesday, it was a repeat of what we've seen for what, two years now of just basically falling to pieces, you know. Go and go behind. People start making mistakes. People start, you know, panicking. People clearly lose their heads, and just we kind of fall back into that trap that we seem to always be in, and in which is, you know, one of damage limitation. Essentially, yeah. you know, how many times have we watched Everton on the road this, not even this season, you know, last season, where it goes to one, goes to two, and you think, I oh, just don't get battered. Yeah. And you know, you think back to Lampard when he went to Tottenham last season, when he clearly wants to have the way he wanted to play. It was clear for all to see that night and he quickly changed it after that because I think he realised we're going to go down and we're going to go down fast if we play like this and mm. you've set the team up differently. The way Sean Dyche set the team up is it's actually meant to be quite defensively strong and defensively kind of minded and yet, you know, Everton still conceded four on <laughs> Wednesday night. Could have been more. Conceded two last week against Villain. That could have been... I think with Villarreal we had chances. Yeah. Everton had chances. But Villarreal also had chances. You know, Watkins forces Pickford into a great save. Watkins went close again in the first half. They had chances themselves in the first of 20 minutes. They could have been 2 0 up. So, again, they, they gifted chances to the opposition. And, and the worst thing about the night was I didn't think Arsenal that good. I didn't think Arsenal yeah. that great. But yet they still scored four and, and in the end could have scored more. And I'm probably walking the park for them without getting into second. And that's the worry because you just think now are we just on that familiar road now where nothing's going to change. And unfortunately, you know, relegation does seem to be beckoning a little bit because there's, there's been no change in the mentality and you know it is back on all on home games but that can only get you so far and Everton got away with that one last year of winning home games whether you can do the same this year is a big question because the lack of goals and the lack of firepower is beyond worrying now I mean I, I don't think any of us sat around this table but honestly think Everton going to score more than once in a game do we unless it's a, we score one and then we score a fluke because <laughs> Yeah. There's just no composure there. You know, you look even like you're the night, you know, Warp has a great chance at nil nil, where all he's got to do there is just hit it first time as hard as he can, low and hard, and he's, he's going to force Ramsdale into a save. Instead, he hesitates, takes a heavy touch, and next thing Gabriel can clear the danger. Right. It's their moments that are costing Everton. Right now, the future looks a little bit grim and a little bit bleak because of what we've seen over the past week. Yeah, Gaff, I mean, 
home and away gap, but in the space of a month, that's a five goal swing. I just how concerning. Yeah, yeah. Sure I just think yeah. can't really add much to the what Joan Connor have said really that I mean, said when Dice took over that, you know, a new manager, you've got to get, as you say, that change in the players, you've got to get them to, to change what they were doing under Lampard, and they have done to a certain degree. And I think the improvements that have with Dice, and I think he probably alluded to this in the press conference to, today, is I know it's a bit of a daft one, but at nil nil, we look a better team than what we did under Frank. And that's mm. that daft question, you know, that, mm. that, you know, it sounds daft, but we do look more secure yeah. at nil nil. I mean, that game on at Arsenal it was a bit like the derby, wasn't it? We're after half an hour in the derby, and you're sitting there and thinking, like, it's not a lot happening here, isn't mm-hmm. it? We're not giving Liverpool much, you know. And even, and but at Anfield, we didn't offer anything up front, but we did on, on Wednesday. In fact, it was quite an open game for the first 20 minutes, which was a bit worrying. So I think I can see the improvements on Dice that we do look more secure at the start of the game. But this thing, when you go 1-0 behind, and, and you know what, I think... The frustrating thing for me about Wednesday was that I think the wrong people have had the criticism with Elenko and Keane, wasn't it? I think it starts, doesn't it, where on our left, their right, Onana, he's, he's got Ben White and he's got Sinchenko. And if you see him when White passed the ball to Sinchenko, Onana puts his hands out because it's two against one. And then Sinchenko gets plays in. And if you watch it... um. Takore is not marking anybody, isn't he? He should be picking up Odegaard. But because he's not picking up Odegaard, that means we've got two players, Keane and Michelenko, marking three, haven't they? You've got mm. Martinelli, Saka, and Odegaard, who's three, who should be marked. And if Odegaard's marked, they can mark the other two. But because Odegaard's not marked, the two of them, they're going to lose a man, whatever they do. And I suppose you could say that was wrong. At least they should have done something rather than stand still. But the whole pro- that whole problem started with our midfield, not Michelenko and, and, and Keane, even though they got the stick. And if I was a manager saying I've really drilled it, you know, that's the type of thing you respect with Dice's talk about coaching videos. So the type of thing he drills into players, isn't it? About you know, defending the V and, and all that type of stuff. And we didn't do that on, on Wednesday. And once that happens, the game's a foot and it's gone, hasn't it? And you know. Garner Gay has never been my most favourite player on <laughs> at all. If it this, this this podcast over seven years, um, added more more evidence why because that was just that was just schoolboy one. It really and even you gone in half time, you think just stay in the game here one 0 stay in the game, but two 0 and it, I mean how many goals you can see see can see like that in a professional football, no, well, and. You say you say no, we've seen a couple this season. Yeah, but you know, all come from the same source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that time, for right. it just yeah. stopped. I mean, I didn't know what he was doing, and that's it. And then, as you say, two 0 thinking it's damage limitation here at two 0 and because for forty minutes, like we were, we were in the game where we were made it very difficult for Arsenal. They've not had an attempt on goal. Didn't get to half time, and then just take it from there, and we threw it away. And, and that's what you do if you've got bad players making bad decisions. You're going to get bad results, unfortunately. And it was it was very concerning, uh, to be honest with you. This is the second half, and very concerning that when the options that we brought on the, be- off the bench, you know, with all due respect, hardly improved our performance. Did they? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, had a bit of a mare. Tom Davis had a little bit of a mare at the end of the, you know, and 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 Gray come on a little bit, a little bit of influence. But it's not not as if he had Anderson on the bench, unless he wanted to put six centre halves off in the back. 
the back. And that that was the other that was the thing about the second half that really shows showed where we are is the fact that we had nothing to bring on. And if anything with those that that we brought on actually made our performance deteriorate. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, we've talked about it just again, Joe. Senior pro, I mean, as you get to that age, 33 now, I think, you know, the legs could go, but it's not a case of the legs going. This is the, he should be, we were talking about this off earlier with Connor, similar to when Gareth Barry was at Everton, the wise old head in front of the back four, he's taking over, just looking after the shop, really. And it, it, it's, like I say, it's not a one off. This has happened several times now, these bizarre lapses in concentration. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, it was inexplicable against Arsenal. Um, you know, gave away the penalty that changed the game against Villa. And like I said on Monday, I think it was a penalty. I think it was a, a, a clumsy tackle he possibly didn't need to make. He had the goal against Brighton. All right, the damage was done in that game, but he kind of played that no look back pass. So it sounds like he did look. It sounds like he was picking yeah. him out. Yeah, that, that's it. And a look back to back pass, Bicante. Both a through ball. Yeah, <laughs> I think if you're being taken to the limits, I think the first Liverpool goal you should have brought was a Robertson. I can't remember. Just the play he stole forward. Yeah. Should have been a bit more cynical, you yeah, know. Yeah, and yeah. you're bearing in mind he's a 33 year old who's played at the top yeah. of European football. Again, going go back to Barry, that's what he'd do. He'd take the yellow. Oh, yeah, and even then, like, I mean, I. I'm sure there was one against Villa the other day. I'm sure I've, I've seen a couple of those kind of almost not looking passes behind him to centre backs that he's got away with in recent games. Leeds. Leeds, 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 that's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I definitely saw it. You know, and obviously it's not good enough. It's not cost out. And I have a degree of sympathy in the fact that there's a bit of chaos around him. You know, let's be honest, he's not playing in the the, the most adaptive midfields and things like that, but. You know, you just need him to do the simple things well, and and unfortunately, he's he's making too many mistakes that are proven costly. He, when he plays well, he plays very well. He was excellent against Leeds. You know, for, for what we say about he obviously got away with one, but he was very very good. But I think ultimately it comes back to the fact that there's just such little competition for places, in that really he probably would have had some time outside the first eleven in the part you know, post World Cup certainly post Brighton if there was any competition for him um, but but quite clearly there isn't Everton slightly unfortunate because James Garner suffered such a significant injury and I think he would be knocking on the door but you know even even with Wednesday night we see that you know, what Dice does is he, he brings up Idris again and he put Mason Holgate there and mm-hmm. he had a defensive centre mid and I felt a bit sorry I gave him a bit of a I gave him a low score and player ratings and obviously the caveat that it's not his normal position Obviously, defensive centre midfielder and two Arsenal goals come from you know midfielders drifting into the box completely unmarked. Mm-hmm. Does, does doesn't help, but it's not his position. And again, that's that's the part where that's part of the problem for Everton, isn't it? There's just no strength in depth, no competition for places, and it's just you know it'd be so key to driving up standards, doesn't it? How many players, how many players in that time eleven are genuinely fearful of for their place if they make a mistake? And the answer is probably very very few. Maybe the centre backs. 
Yeah, because yeah, they've got a squad of centre backs, and that's. I thought that was quite telling, though, from a, if you Tom Davis sat there well, at half yeah. time. Yeah. And, and Mason Holgate's getting them to go and play defensive centre midfield. Yeah. Overusing off the midfield, just played there a long time. I know Holgate played there a couple of years ago, Man United didn't do quite well, and it's filled in there. But I thought it was quite telling that a centre back comes on. The last to go, time Holgate yeah. played defensive centre midfield was at Burnley in the 3 3 2. The 3 2, yeah. when yeah. Dyche was watching. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if he took, I mean, if if from that performance he thinks that he's an adept centre midfielder, then I mean, I don't know what he was mm. watching. But I just thought that was given, you know, the position Tom Davis finds himself in mm. the club, terms of contract up in the summer, a defender getting them to come on and go and, and kind of, you know, can't keep the midfield yeah. together. It was quite telling, and and again, it just shows the lack of options, doesn't it? That basically Everton have got is that, you know, I mean, we could literally. As things stand, field a team full of centre backs from the back four and two midfielders. Could essentially, we yeah. could put Godfrey in a, one of the full backs. Mikalenko can play centre half. Yeah, you know, Mikalenko can play. You know, yeah, yeah. Godfrey <laughs> probably could play centre field, yeah. which has been suggested. So it, yeah. it just shows, doesn't it, how imbalanced the squad is, I suppose. And but that was the one thing that caught my eye. Was there's two things that caught my eye was Holgate coming on for for Guy and Walker getting brought off with half an hour to go. Because if your team's 2 0 down and you're the only senior forwards and the, the mm-hmm. club's got, it's not great when you just come, you're being brought off with half an hour to go with your side chasing the game. Which, you know, yeah, you, you know, you keep you like to think you keep as many four players in the pitch as you can, couldn't you? And hope that you do get one chance, 2 1, you're back in it. They might get a little bit nervous. The fact he was taken off and a winger essentially replaced him in the Mari Gray up top, not even Ellis Sims, I thought was was quite town as well because it just doesn't. Just doesn't look good, does it? From the outside, if you look, it just doesn't look good. Yeah. Obviously, Deitch Gav um, isn't going to throw just to get under the bus publicly, and they and he can't do really. You know, he, he needs to keep everybody on 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 side um, in in that respect. But he must be concerned in that his senior pros are doing stuff like that. Let me say, okay, if if the legs have gone or whatever. But you want these are the ones you want to be dependent on. He's making like the sort of mistakes that a rookie would make. But he's always had that in him, even his first balance. It's first ball at Evan, kind of guy, you know, goes to the ground too easily, you know, like a filler. I mean, what's the, the derby, April 2017, copy 3-1, you can see two first half goals because Garner Gay goes to ground, you know, in, in the midfield when he doesn't have to, and they pull them break and, and score both times. So he's always had that in him. Um, I'd, I'd be I'd be concerned with the lack of concentration from the midfield for the first goal. Mm-hmm. It was just all three of them were all in, you know. Now, Anana was all in the right place, but Garner Gay and Decore were should be marking players were marking space, and that left the defence vulnerable. Yeah, it's it's senior pros, isn't it? Cody's had the same sorts of problems, hasn't he, over the last uh, last couple of months? Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day. That's 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 indicative of our previous transfer market activity, isn't it? That we've been forced to buy players because we've got no money. Who I think people are probably good players, but actually we're getting them at the tail end of the career because that's the only thing that we can afford. That and that's that you know, and 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 when you do that, those are the risks that you open yourself up to, don't you? That actually. They're not going to be physically as robust as what they were in the mid-20s. And also the concentration levels and stuff like that, the mental side of the game is not going to be as strong as well. And that's the place you pay, unfortunately, for, for uh, you know, we don't need to go down the road again, our long-standing issues in, in, in terms of the people we brought in. 
But yeah, Garner Gay is the one that's vulnerable because he's technically the only player I think that we've got who can play that position, isn't he? Really? Yeah. You know that, yeah, and, and that, that's slightly different. You can, you know, something yeah. like, some, yeah, something yeah. like Takore or Anana. You can, you could swap them one of them in theory for a Wolby, say, possibly or Garner. But Garner Gay is the only player, isn't he? That I mean, you could argue Tom could do it, but Tom has struggled in that role in the past. He's the only player who can probably play that. Naturally, and that's the concern for us is that we haven't got any, we haven't got an option there, have we? Where we've got options in, in other parts in the midfield. Yeah. Joe, you've just joined us from Finch Farm where you were doing um, Sean Dyche's as presser, and uh, as always at the moment, he gets asked about Dominic Calvert Lewin, and it tends to be the case um, doesn't give much away in terms of an answer. No, um, and, and and to a certain extent, I think you can see a degree of frustration in the fact that. You, from him and the fact that he keeps getting asked but you know, his typical response to that in general is that you know it's a team game you can't focus just on one player mm. you've got a squad that needs to score goals and things like that but we all know and he probably does as well that Everton's survival is probably down to whether or not Calvert-Lewin plays eight or nine games of the last 13 you know there's a reason why we keep asking it's because Everton are just so much better with him in the team and if anything you can see in in the progress that we've been able to see under Deitch, obviously having a much better at getting forward, many more touches in and around the box, creating more chances. You know, it's just set up perfectly for someone like a Calvert Lewin to step in and take advantage of all that. If he comes back, then brilliant. If he doesn't, then probably going to be more of the same. It's going to be really difficult. Just look at say that first hour against Arsenal. Uh, Goodison Park and Calvert Lewin's there. Obviously, have some completely different side. He occupies centre backs. He drags them all over the place. And, you know, and although he's only scored one goal this season, you know, it's it's the space that he creates, the opportunity to pitch other people around them. So, you know, it, yeah, very much a case of we'll wait and see. You know, maybe he will, maybe he won't be available for Forest. I, I think that it's clear that they're not going to rush him back. It's, it, it's clear that they're only going to go with him when they think that he's not just available to play 60 minutes or 90 minutes, but 90 minutes and then that not prevent him from playing 90 minutes, you know, seven days later and things like that. But This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, Sean Dice says he doesn't do timeframes and uh, as a result, we're kind of just perpetually left guessing, I think. And um, I think it's be fair i think he probably is as well to a certain mm. extent like i don't I, like mm. it's clear this isn't a clear cut w hamstring is going to be four to six weeks it's clear that from some of the comments he's made about almost how rebuild dominic calvert lewin general fitness it's it's it is almost like a rebuilding job he's got to recompute him and that is you know, how long's a piece of string i suppose you know, i don't know hopefully forever and it's it's as soon as possible because a complete different side with him than they are without him. So, for what it's worth, I was I was given a whisper last night that he they were pencilling in the the Chelsea game, which seemed rather strange to me, given there's a 16 day gap after that particular fixture. But 
who knows? Let's see. Well, we're presuming he, he won't be fit, Connor, for the city ground. But regardless of that, um, I think it's time for changes. Do you think this could be the one where Sean Dyche reverts to his, his bread and butter of a four-four-two formation? I hope so. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, I, I kind of felt tonight you know, was the final, the final straw of what we've seen so far since Sean Dyche come in. I think the Arsenal his first game in charge of be Arsenal home. Everyone was, you know, delighted how compact they were, and you know. But I think largely, you know, I know we don't want to, we don't want to harp on because, you know, whether we all sound like broken records a little bit when it comes to Calvert Lewin, but it looked very much like Calvert Lewin was the focal point of that in terms of for an hour mm-hmm. up top, put himself about, holding the ball up, um, and obviously Leeds we kind of got away with it because we scored a wonder goal, and let's yeah. face it, they weren't very good, <laughs> um, so we got away with it. But I think in recent weeks the four five one become a little bit now. A little bit tired, hasn't it? A little bit kind of we're not getting the best, and I think now we've just got to try and get as many forward attacking options on the pitch as we can to give ourselves the best chance of a goal. And I think that is four four two. I think I wouldn't be surprised if, if there is no Calvert Lewin or something. If, if Sims and, and Demari Gray kind of lead the line, maybe it's a, a four four one one more than a four four two, just something different. And I, 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 I half want to see something different now, mix things up, you know try and do something different because like I say I think it's getting a bit boring now what we're seeing and, and another big thing as well is I think we're just all too too predictable. I think if we can try and careball a team by doing something different, then that'll give everyone a little bit of a boost and a little bit of hope. So I'd like to see changes at the weekend. I think Adrissic Garnica has got to come out is the man who falls out of the midfield. I think there have been question marks over him before the mistake at Arsenal anyway. So I think he'll be the one who makes way. But yeah, I think there's there's got to be some sort of changes now. I think We'll all be dis- I think we'd all be disappointed if come Sunday it yeah. was, you know, four five one with more play up top again and very much more of the same because I just think, you know, we've all seen enough for that now and, and now it is. And sure, they just had so much success playing four four two as well. I mean, we look at a lot of his, his better Burnley teams were based on playing four four two. So I think, you know, it's a system that he likes, it's a system that he's used to playing. And it's one I think I'd like to see Everton and play at WK. But I think there are just big questions about the back as well, isn't he? If he if he obviously if he think it was interested in that. Ben Goffrey played the final half an hour on Wednesday at right back in place of James Coleman. Is that maybe one he, he looks at? You know, obviously Connor Cozy dropped out in place of Michael Keane. You know, is 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 Yeti Mina maybe pushing for a start as one of the centre backs? I would personally put him in if, if he's fit, because I think he's the best centre back we've we've got. Um and I, I would certainly look at getting him in the team and, and even Mikhailenko possibly coming out and, and maybe Goffrey goes to left back and Coleman starts at right back. But yeah, I mean, there's multiple changes you can make and, and I wouldn't be too disappointed if come Sunday afternoon then multiple changes were made for, for the yeah. game. Might, yeah. might it be an easy if you just ask which players you expect to retain yeah. the What I will say, Gavin, I mean, do you, you imagine there will be more firepower? Are you, are you wanting that yeah. change to happen? Now? Absolutely. I mean, what's our goals for? Is it 17? 17 is it? and 25. Yeah, a couple of them have been worldies, haven't they? And we've had an own goal there. So, uh, yeah, you've got to get Gray on the pitch somewhere. Which he hasn't done so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's quite obvious that he obviously doesn't think, he thinks he doesn't work hard enough. But you've uh, you've got to get Gray on the pitch. I don't know how we do that, but as Connor says, a 4 4 2. The only problem with 4 4 2 is we leave ourselves with two centre mids when we need three. And if you let Garner Gay go, you haven't really got a natural defensive midfield. You definitely need in a 4-4-2. So that, that's that's an issue. Uh, I think if you play 4-4-2, Garner Gay's got more chance of playing, uh, to be fair. Um, probably with the Nana. But I'd like to see Gray get on the pitch. 
I'd like to definitely see Mina. I mean, I don't know what the story is with Mina. These are, I mean, statistically showing that we're far more capable of getting points when Mina's on the pitch, isn't it? You know, always. And he costs cost us 100 grand a week. He's, he's only got a couple of months left. You know, playing when he's fit. I don't understand it. Whether he just, like, like Gray, there's something with Dice that he doesn't like him, or whether he likes a certain type of centre half in terms of, you know, um, you know, domestic centre half. I don't know, but I, I, you get you got to get meaning on the pitch. I mean, I was puzzled about Gold Coleman playing on Wednesday because didn't he say that he dropped Cody because it was three games a week? Was that was one of the things Man, well, managing the game? Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he managed, managed, hasn't missed a game. Yeah, I, I, was, I was slightly baffled in that context. But well, if you're going to do that, you drop Coleman mm. before, and that wouldn't yeah. you? He was thirty-five, so I think. Um, Keep Coleman in because I'm not convinced about, about Godfrey, to be honest with you. Yeah, and there's even more, you know, there's more evidence of that on Wednesday. So, for basically what we're saying is, me and I definitely, Gray definitely, I think there's an argument to say, doing something different, get Sims on the pitch and just see what happens. Um, and apart from that, we haven't got, well, Chelsea, I mean, if you've been 4 4 2, just thinking aloud here. Which you'd have as your wide man, but if you went, you what would you have 4 4 2 with, with Gray and Sims? Yeah, and then yeah, McNeil and McLeod will be out wide. Okay, yeah, I just think with a little bit of light in midfield there, you'd have to get more pay playing as a basically an auxiliary midfielder. But sometimes the bank used to do that, yeah, to be fair, and drop back. Yeah, possibly, you've got to do something different. 4 5 1 doesn't work, it's not a, a, a system that suits our midfielders, and there's certainly no system that suits Mopay. He's had far too much stick. Of playing a role that actually he's not suited for and in the formation that doesn't suit the team. So, uh, as I said earlier on, maybe it's Mo, I, I, I get Mopay's deficiencies, but Brian Clough always used to say the worst thing in football is giving a job to somebody who hasn't got the tools to do it. And Mopay is, is a prime example of that. He should not never be anywhere near low striker role, that is not his strength. But we're asking him to play a role that's more suited to a Sims to who's somebody said a now Quinn type character, you know. <laughs> actually, someone like me, to be fair, uh, yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like a, a big, you know, like a job we did at Chelsea, you know. But not quite a five foot eight, whatever he is, he's not a long striker material. Well, we're going back to the whole recruitment issue here, yeah. Yeah, we? That, that, that we could we could just have a podcast on that, isn't it? Yeah. And we obviously bought him to play flanks four three three, didn't he? That like. Sort of like he did, like he had like three up top. But the problem with this, Frank goes, you dice comes in, then you've got a player there, haven't you? Who's not suited to anything that dice wants to do. Mm-hmm. Joe, um, the one thing that Sean Dice um, knows in terms of Premier League opponents, I guess, is Nottingham Forest. We discussed this, he lives in Nottingham, he watched them quite a lot before he got, uh, he got the Everton job. So, depending on what he wants to do tactically at the weekend, this is probably the one fixture that he'll have done the most homework on, just um, just through sheer circumstances of, of being in and around the area. Yeah, well, we probably knows this Forest side better than any other team than Everton in the Premier yeah. League, I, I should think. You know, he spent a lot of time there after he got dismissed from Burnley. And then, <coughs> excuse me, we, we saw that he was at the Forest-Leeds uh, game quite recently in that as well. I, like, I agree that I think now might be a time for changes for, for a couple of reasons. And I, I just, I mean, it's just such a big game. It's, yeah. it's a game that yeah. Everton could... It could do with winning, really. Yeah. If they win, it has such a momentum. It has it's like a potential, a game, isn't it? It draws them. Back, uh, yeah, right? it has the potential to be such a, a game changer. You know, I know they've, they've got a re- relatively decent home record at the moment, but 
I'm not looking at that Forest side and thinking that it's it's unbeatable um, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, it definitely feels like an easier game to me than say Villa at home or or Arsenal away. You know, I think they have fewer weapons, and I think they have the, where they have deficiencies. I think their deficiencies are far greater. Centre back, for instance. Um, so you know, I think that this might be the time that Deitch springs a surprise. Maybe it's a game that he's, maybe it's a game that they've been holding Calvert Lewin back for, or maybe it's a game that they they adopt a different formation or something like that. But you know, I I feel this feels like a bigger game to me than a lot of the other ones, with the exception of Leeds that we've had recently. And I think he might try something a little bit different. I hope he does. I'm not. So anti the four five one, but I think if the four five one stays, it might be the time for changes in personnel and positions. You know, I like perhaps I'd perhaps he's after saying he didn't like Onana in a Fellaini kind of role, he started to almost play Fellaini in a uh, Onana in a Fellaini kind of role. Yeah, we saw him much more advanced on on Wednesday and got up the headers. Almost Onana, he's not particularly good in the air. You know, I I and he's you know I I. What I'd probably do is I'd, I'd bring Gay out of the team like all of us. You know, I'd ask Anana to sit in front of the defence and I'd put Awobi back in the middle of the pitch because that's you know he's been our most creative player by some distance this season, and you know the vast majority of his his creativity, his influence has come when he's been playing on the left and centre midfield, and and that's that's what I look to do, and then that gives me an opportunity to bring Gray into the side by playing him wide right. Um, and then almost it's a four-five-one out of possession, but it's more more of a four-three-three in possession than probably that we have seen recently. Because you know, against in both Arsenal matches, Villa, Leeds, Dwight McNeil, and Alex Awobi have been asked to do so much defending that you know, the the onus of them to get up and down the pitch has been so extreme that quite often whoever has been up front ends up isolated. Well, I'd probably give him a little bit more freedom this time around. I'd have Gray on the one side, McNeil on the other, and I'd probably just about keep more pay up top. But, you know, he's nuisance factor. And, and, and in fairness to, to Mopi, what he is doing is he is getting into the positions. It's finishing. Maybe, you know, maybe there is hope that if one goes in, they might all start going in. You know, yeah, he is, he is getting in the right areas and having the chances. It's just what he's doing with them. So... Like I don't like the idea of playing Gray up front by himself because I think he'd just be too lightweight. I think he'd get isolated and bullied, and I think he's got to play a lot of your backs of goal. Yeah, that's not his game, so, is it? Yeah. So you know, I, I think he. I hope he does change it. Um, I, I like the idea of going four four two and playing Gray up top that way, but having someone around him, probably Ellis Sims, to do it. But I agree with everybody that I think Gay comes out, and I think if Gay comes out of the side, I. I, I don't know who that midfield partnership is then. Um, I feel like it was sacrificed too much for me. So. I think it's interesting because obviously James Garner played, I was mm. there last night for the 21s against PSV, 84 minutes, played recently as well. He played the behind closed door game or recently as well. If maybe the game was a week later, a week on, and he had bought another week for training, whether he had come into Sean Dice just thinking of someone yeah, a bit of a bit of a wild card, a bit of a you know, but come play in front of that back four and kind of, you know, almost say to him, Look, you're gonna play in the number six role, don't do nothing mad, just sit in front of the back four, sweep up and then look to look to try and release the two the two wingers. You mm. don't know whether he might have come into the thinking, but it's probably a little bit too early. Yeah. I would suggest for him to start mm. the weekend, but it's interesting. It could be an option moving forward, though, if they do yeah. go to four 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 two. Just going back to Gav's point on Mope and yeah, him being brought in. 
it's still hard to really fathom out what the thinking was other than maybe we need a forward player and he's, he's available. available because <laughs> Frank was always quite clear that he didn't see him as playing up top alongside Dominic Calvert-Lewin. But yeah, when Dominic Calvert-Lewin was on the pitch, he didn't play him in the wide positions in a 4-3-3 either. <laughs> and then when Dominic Calvert-Lewin wasn't fit and Evan didn't have another strike, he played him up top in a system which is a style of play which is very, very much suited to more like a Dominic Calvert-Lewin in the middle than a five foot seven, you know, it's aggressive but nippy. Five eight, isn't it? Five eight, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. Like, it still feels a little bit bemusing as to what the overall strategy was there. Um, I know, and also the midfield, you'd have Brighton had wing backs, didn't he? Had midfielders, he'd go out wide, and midfielders would come through the middle, and that didn't that doesn't happen at Everton, you know. So, yeah, there's you know, people giving stick balls. Is that called a Brighton for a team that didn't score a lot of goals with one goal in every four, which doesn't sound a lot? That's like nine goals every season. But Rich Allison's I thought there was only 11 goals every season, so I mean, you're not talking massive difference. It's just as you say, Joe says the role, the, the, the sense of our team. Compared to the sense of Brighton and the tactics, they're just completely unsuited to him, I think, as a player. But we bought him. And uh, and that's even become more exacerbated now because Dice's tactics are even far, far, far more removed from Frank's mm. tactics. So we get going more and more distance away from the reason why we bought him. And um, so I do have a lot of sympathy for him. He's had a lot of stick. And, and I do have a lot of, I do have a lot of sympathy for Mopai. Yeah. Um, well, there's a there's a few, isn't there? Like you look at the transfer window, and some are just gone. There's a few questions now from the floor because obviously Novan Agre come in, who just seen as another looking all season, despite mm, Mikalenko. Yeah, yeah. Even under Frank, when Mikalenko maybe struggled a little bit, yeah. it's never really seen as when Agre was ever going to get the nod to come in. And now under Dice, you suspect he's probably even better than Pekno the way, given his his size and you now Sean Dice was just like. Yeah. You know, bigger lads to play at the back, whether it's even a full back. So, even that sense, you think, well, why, why did they haven't really, if they didn't, you know, why did they bring him to the club? You know what I mean? Because obviously, there's not, yeah, you know, he's been nowhere near the team essentially, and he's just yeah. sitting on the it's bench. Alone as well, for that, yeah, that's yeah, so a long place as well. That's exactly, you know, when you think so, it does, there's a lot of questions. I think now, as, as the season's got on, I think perhaps what we thought was good transfer business maybe around August, September has. Quickly, as the floor and the yeah. questions that probably do need answering. Yeah, well, I'm gonna come to the bit, the big one. Um, predictions time. Um, it's not often that two teams, I guess, go into a fixture on the back of respective 4 0 defeats <laughs> for, uh, for, for both of them. But, um, <laughs> well, we just say this, this season's full of surprises, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah Joe, it, it, it's a big one, isn't it? And uh, what are, what are your thoughts? It's a huge, huge week. Yeah. Oh, we, God, I mean, yeah. like yeah. we we throw in the Brentford game as well, and then you look at what comes afterwards. Yeah, is it Chelsea United and Tottenham? Yeah, yeah. Those three games really haven't need to win one of these two games. I think if they, if they don't get a win from Forest or Brentford, and then obviously they, they're not saying they're not going to get anything from the following three. But if you were to look at if you were to, if they don't get a win from this week, and you were to fast forward the table five games on, you know you could. Very, it'd be very plausible to see us and I were five games on Everton, still 22, 23 points. Mm-hmm. And, and that would, I, I don't know how they, you know, they need to get points as early as possible. I I back Deitch to do a number on Forest. I do. Um, I think they're going to win 2 0. Wow. 
there you go. Just, and that's just as they did on the last round, the 1998. Gab about to say that then. No, 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 no. But, yeah. I just, I think this is, if Everton are going to start to move up the table, this has to be when they start. They need a positive result in this week. Uh, this weekend, you know, I I feel like Forest is still a little bit of a chaotic side, still a little bit yeah. up and down. Deitch knows them better than anybody else, probably. I, I just I back Deitch to yeah. in, in the same way that there was there wasn't a single part of me that thought that Everton would lose against Leeds, just because they're so chaotic and disorganized. It just felt like that team was the perfect team for Deitch to be coming up against at that time, yeah. and I just. You know, I, I, I think, I think he, I think he gets it. I think, I think we get a win yeah. on, on Sunday and a happier podcast next he's, week. He's going next year, having an arm wrestle for the girls. Yeah, well, they say the natural score with what you said about the two four nil defeats is a four all, four all draw. Really, of which there's not been a four all draw in the Premier League since Evans and Man United in 2012. You get to 30 games and you got 23, 20, you know, 24 points even. And the last eight games, there's none of them are gimmies until, but, but you know, we've got man, still got Man City to play, haven't we? We've got Man United away, haven't we? Still, even as well, like when you look at it, Fulham. Got to go to Brighton. A, a home. Got to go to Brighton, haven't we? Brighton away. Yeah. And Newcastle home, a uh, three tough games. Yeah, and you're, <laughs> you looking, know? you're looking at them and thinking, how many good points are going to get there? And we've only got 24 from Tays. Right, you're, you're saying all that, but now you're so, going to go with I'm going to go with, you know what? I'm going to go with, I'm going to say a one nil. A Newcastle type was it one nil? Yeah, I'm going to one nil for that. But, but actually, no reason at all. Joe's imbued me with confidence, and we should get into the team uh, team talk on uh, yeah. Sunday with that. That draw a little yeah. goatee on it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got to get the red dye out. Well, <laughs> stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, one two nil, one nil. I'm also after. Well, that's probably been a bit of a doom and gloom podcast. Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say. Going to finish on a positive and say two one. I think it'll be tough. Like, but it'll be tough, and it'll be like edge of the seat stuff towards the end. We'll be hanging on for dear life, but I think we'll get over. It'll probably be very reminiscent of Leicester away last year. Shout, when 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 it kind of we grounded out, but towards the end, last ten minutes, it was like heart and mouth. You know, yeah, yeah. You were kind of the clock was ticking very slowly. Should we say so? Yeah, I'm going to go two one as well. I can't, I can't see anything there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 give no, us a score. No, I was going to go one. I was, okay, going, okay. I was always going one nil. So oh. one, one Everton. Yeah, one nil Everton. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll be smiling just as much uh, come next week. But regardless of that, we'll all, we'll all be back with you then. I've been your host, Chris Beasley. Been joined by Joe Thomas, Gavin Buckland and Conor O'Neill. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.